Blog Talk Radio. This is the hat of the little freak whose teeth get tortured by the big freak. But once he gets down and dirty with them, well, let's see what happens. Welcome to another edition, a utopian edition of RungrenRadio.com. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm with my co-host, Cruiser Mel. What's up? Howdy! Wow, we're still talking about utopia. Utopia is the hot topic of the week. It's still going. The VOD was fantastic. We have mm-hmm. Utopian Moogie Klingman as our guest tonight. I think we already have some callers lined up. Be patient with us. He's going to call in in about 15 minutes because we got a lot of announcements to run through. And we'll try to do it as quickly as possible. Let's start with that Utopia webcast, Cruiser Mal. What a great show that was. Video on demand by Navessa Productions, our friend Chris Anderson. Uh, great feedback from everybody. They loved it. Still available at utopiashow.com. It really, the sound was just it was fantastic. It was so clear. I felt like I was there. It was It was wonderful. Great band, of course. Got to see all of them up there. Did a real nice job. That VOD is getting popular. It's, um, it is definitely something smart that Chris has got himself into on this deal. I think Todd fans are digging it. He's getting better every time, and Mike B says it's the best one yet. And to wow. think, at first, there was not going to be a VOD. Yes. That was really a last-minute add-on. So It was. I'm glad that they did, and... Um, I uh, I didn't have any problems viewing it. I know a few people did. Um, they, either their screen would freeze up or there would be just no picture at all. But I think that all that got resolved if you would change your browser or whatever and start over again. So yeah, A lot uh, of times if you let it run through once and then go back and watch it, it helps. You know, let it get through the system once. But it's um, it's definitely worth the watch. It's only 1995. And we now have permanent documentation of the Utopia Mark II reunion, which was about 35 years overdue. <laughs> That's what I hear. I, I mean, I really i am kicking myself. I did not figure out a way to go in person, but uh, that's why I was so grateful to have the video. There you go. Speaking of Utopia, what is our Utopian friend Chasm Sultan up to? Funny you should ask. <laughs> uh, as mentioned a couple of times here on the show, he is part of a Beatles tribute band with Paul Gilbert, uh, Mike Portnoy, and Neil Morse called Yellow Matter Custard. That's a mouthful to say. Anyway, they're going to be doing three shows here later on this month. One is going to be on the 25th in Long Beach, California. 
another one in Chicago on the 27th, and on the 28th in New York City. And this just in, March 11th, Chasm's going to be doing a solo gig down in Delray, Delray Beach, Florida at the Pineapple Grove. Uh, so mark your calendars for that. Go to the chasmsultan.com and find out information on ticketing there. And he's got a VOD that's still up and running, and you can find out how to watch that at chasmshow.com. Wow. Delray is a great place, by the way. If you're anywhere near that area, you might want to check that one out. It's a fun town, and if you're a Floridian, I would go check that out. Chasm shows are always fun, but what a great place to visit if you've been stuck in the snow for several days. Well, that would be sort of a spring break kind of thing, March 11th. There you go. Uh-oh, you might be competing with a bunch of teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Down there break. drinking their beer and beer beer bongs and stuff like that. That is true. That is true. Chasm Sultan Gigs. Now we're going to move on to Todd Rundgren has a survival camp going on this summer. If you haven't heard, you've been living in a cave, whatever, go to tr-i.com, and there's a link for the survival camp, which will be held starting June the 20th. It's a solid five days. They'll be teaching you stuff about the music business as well as having some jam sessions and other fun things. And we'll be talking about that as we get closer. We had the uh, guy heading it up already on the show. And we had Todd talking about it on the show. How about that? That's right. That's right. You can also find information on the, the uh, toddstore.com website as well. There you go. <clears throat> yep. Since All we're right, talking about Todd, week, let's, get, let's get to the good stuff. Yeah. Next week we have Daryl Tooks on the show, another Utopia guy in a way. He was the one of the backup singers for the Utopia reunion at Highline Ballroom in New York City. And we'll have him on the show and find out what's up with him and uh, what he thought about the Utopia reunion and being a part of it and all that fun stuff that you would want to know from Daryl Tooks. Very impressive resume if you haven't seen it. This guy's done about everything in the music business, performed with big-time artists. So his website's Daryl, D-A-R-R-Y-L-T-O-O-K-E-S.com, DarylTooks.com. If you want to get a head start, and find out more about him. Well, cool, so people and, will know what kind of questions to ask. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of callers lined up. I hope none of them are Moogie. I don't think they are. <laughs> but if they are, hang He's with us, Moogie. One, we'll get to two. Yeah, I, think, I don't think it is. All right, we have to get into the Todd Rundgren, Todd and Healing Tour beginning in March, ending April 1st. We have five gigs, all presented by Rundgren Radio. Yay! And that will... Probably wrap up that show. I don't think you'll see Todd Healing ever again, so this is your chance, your last chance. If you want to see it again or want to see it for the first time, it's well worth it. Uh, before we get into that, uh, the information's on sonsof1984.com. All the good details are on there. It has been updated recently. We do have a Golden Goose Boost. Ooh, Golden Goose Boost. <laughs> Golden Goose Bus. Our girl Mingo has got that set up again. And... The information is available on sonsof1984.com, including a easy click-to-pay PayPal button. Mm-hmm. And it is very inexpensive, $35 each way to go to Columbus from Toledo 
and back. Or you can just do one way if you want. It's totally up to you. And we'll figure out what kind of bus it's going to be based on demand, but we can guarantee you the price is $35 no matter what. So that is a deal, a steal. Yeah, so scroll down towards the bottom of sonsof1984.com and click on that little PayPal button and reserve yourself a spot. Yes, Golden Goose, don't forget. Or you can email Jill at mingogo69 at hotmail.com, and you'll be set up. Mm-hmm. So, Cruise Mail, we have lots of good announcements, some scoopage announcements, whatever you want to call it, for the tour. Why don't we get those started? Okay. Where do you want to start? Let's start with Boston. It's the second gig, March the 27th. And we have, <clears throat> thanks to our friend Jody Moore, used to be our body, the lovely lady who got married at our New Year's Eve party a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Found us a great venue. It's called Church. It's in Boston. It's close to the venue. It it has a capacity of only 225, so we are going to expect to sell out, and we're going to expect it to sell out fairly quickly. So we have already put up a page just now with the help of our webmaster, the lobster lover EJ. <laughs> you can go to our events page, and there will be a link there under the Gary Myrick Concerts which are coming up, by the way, this month. Come join us in California if you want. That's on the RungunRadio.com events page. Click that on. It will take you to a page that has all the details about this party. And the passcode, right now we have it set up as a um, pre-sale because we wanted you guys to know and we want to send it out in our newsletter before we go too crazy with it. And that is Melinda, all lowercase, 1. Melinda 1 is the passcode. It's only $15. What a bargain. What it two. is? It's Melinda One. Melinda One. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. No, it's Cruiser One. Yeah, that's what I thought. Cruiser One. Oh, damn! I think I told people the wrong thing on Facebook. Uh oh. Uh oh. We'll have to go fix that, won't we? All right. So it's Cruiser One. C R U I S E R One, all lowercase. Tickets are really reasonable. Seventeen fifty. I mean, for at least two bands. And all your friends. And Fifteen dollars cruiser mail. Two fifty is the fee for the well, ticket I'm service, which is much really. better than Ticketmaster. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Now, the bands we have are Road to Utopia, which is Gary Backstrom's band. This is a real legit. They've done shows. Todd Rundgren Utopia tribute band, and then we also have John Pohita's band, which is called the Hermit of Mink Halloween. Hermits of Mink Halloween. They have also done some live gigs as a Todd Rundgren Utopia tribute band. So a lot of fun there. Chasm Sultan has agreed to participate. He will jump on stage, do a couple Utopia songs with these bands. That is going to be a treat. So if you're not sick of Utopia yet, you need to be at that party. And regardless of the bands, it is a Rungan radio party, so you know it will be filled with Todd fans. We're going to have a lot of fun. Great place to party. Church in Boston. Be there or be square. Yeah, you can go look at the place online under churchofboston.com. Looks pretty cool. Jody says it's wonderful. Uh, Yes, indeed. We're definitely taking her word for that. She's got good taste. Yes, no doubt about that. And she's performed in the town before because she is a musician as well, a singer, and has had a band. So we're good to go on that one. Please go ahead and get your ticket because I don't want you calling me, telling me you didn't get in because you procrastinated. Right. Because it's 
We got 200 for sale, and that is it. 225 capacity. We had to keep some for the band, etc. And uh, you snooze, you lose. Right. Speaking of parties, <laughs> let's talk about Toledo, Toledo, Ohio. We only got about two minutes, and Moogie should be calling in, so let's make it quick. We got a couple announcements about Toledo. Toledo, as you know, if you've been paying attention, is not our best seller of these gigs. So we are not going to go down without a fight. I know Wednesday night has a little bit to do with it, and that's tough for people sometimes. But yeah, well, that happens when you got seven whole days in a week. you got to do something on the weeknights. Yes. So here's what we're going to do. One, we have added an opening, an opening act for the Toledo gig, a local band in a sense. They're Ohio guys, real popular in Ohio, uh, older band, been around for a long time, has not played in Toledo in a long time. They are called the Psycho Dots. And Chasm and Jesse are huge fans of this band. The One of the guys, I think it was the guitarist, was at one of the Todd Healing shows and got backstage just specifically because Jesse wanted to meet him. It's a really fun band. It'll be a 40-minute show, not an hour like The Fix, so no worries there. You'll get home and get to bed by midnight. And uh, Psycho Dots for Toledo. Also what we're going to do, and we don't have details, so we're just going to tease you a little bit as much as we can. We're going to throw a party the night before that gig, and we have an agreement that Mr. Rungren will be present. And it's going to be great. Yeah, dog. And Did of y'all course, hear that? Todd will be present the night before. There will be a theme for this party to be determined. And most likely the theme will be a CD release party. And Todd has three that are in the works that we know of. Todd Rundgren Johnson, the Gigatone Reproductions, and some more bootleg action from Microworks. So we're lining up the details, but if that doesn't get you to come to Toledo, nothing will. And to even make it more attractive for you, we have put a few more seats on ticks.com. And I will open that up soon, maybe during the show or after. We have a couple of rows. We have row F and G in the center. Um, so you won't have to pay the Ticketmaster convenience fee. If you want to get some tickets to Toledo because you want to come to this party and go to the show, that'll be your best bet. And we also have the side sections of the front, and we're going to eventually run a discount for those seats so that if money is the issue with you, we will make it work for you so that you can come to the show, still be close to the stage, and go see Todd Rundgren in Toledo. We want to make it packed, which is what Todd deserves, as well as the Psycho Dots. So get ready for some crazy stuff for Toledo. Worth the drive. Keep in mind, party. Worth the trip. March 29th, Todd Rundgren in uh, attendance, as well as Todd Rundgren fans, including Cruiser Mel. (laughs) And Doug. And I'll be there as well, hopefully. Of course, I'll be there. All right, let's see. I don't see Moogie calling in, but I'm just going to do a quick check. All right, so people, I'm going to ask you if you're Moogie. If you're not, that's fine. All right, so I'm going to unmute everybody and just hold on one second. We'll say, okay, is Moogie on the line? Moogie, are you with us? No. Okay, so that answers that question. We will mute them back and keep on running our mouse. Uh, All right, Moogie should be calling in any minute now. Ma'am? called from 212 last 
week. Yeah, but he's in San Diego. If you don't know, Moogie is in San Diego for alternative treatment, compliments of the people who bought tickets to the Highline Ballroom shows, and hopefully that will do him some good. And um, we're going to be talking to him tonight. We, the Tonight show is going to be a little different than what we typically do with Moogie. We want you to call in and talk to Moogie, tell him hello, tell him what you thought about the shows, um, and try to avoid going way back in the past because he's kind of got this thing where he'll – Start going on about it for 30, 45 minutes, telling us the whole story from start to finish. And, you know, we want to have a lot of people be able to call in and talk to him tonight. So uh, help us out in that regard. You know the drill. So um, we're looking forward to Moogie getting a chance to talk to everybody, to the callers and whatnot. So we're just going to wait on him to call. So let's talk a little bit more about Todd Healing Shows. We have Hartford, Connecticut which is not on Ticketmaster. It's at Bushnell, B-U-S-H-N-E-L-L.org. Uh, we could use some bodies in that one as well. It's a small theater. It's the smallest theater this show will be in. It is a 908 capacity, and no seat is more than 75 feet from the stage. If you like being close, that's the place to be. Now you could you be, be close to Mr. Morat. Morat. the band, go to the Hartford, Connecticut show Friday the 20th. Yes. Of March. And keep in mind this. If you think it's going to be a first show with a bunch of mistakes or whatever, I don't think that's the case. Number one, it is they will be rehearsing. Number two, they've already done this show six times. So keep that in mind. And as you recall, uh, Todd said, um, what did We'll get know? it right by the seventh. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did at the Morristown show, didn't he? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> So he's going to have gotta, it right. It's a Hartford show. And there's nothing like the first. I mean, getting it started is always a blast. And so this will be the first of that tour. Then we go to the Boston party. You're not going to get any sleep if you hang out with us this week uh, for this tour. We have the Boston party with two Todd Runger tribute bands. We may add some more in there. We may add a couple more um, open mic type situations with some Todd fan music. So get some, might be surprised. Then we go to Boston concert, which is in Berkeley, the prestigious Berkeley Performance Center. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. That show is just on fire. It's doing great. If you want to go to that one, don't delay too long because it's the fastest seller that we have, and that's going to be a special treat. A lot of Greg Hawks friends will be there, I'm sure, and some other good musicians from the Boston area and Dirks from around there. It's going to be a fun show. Right. Yep. Then we got to get up. And cruise on over to Red Bank, New Jersey, the closest show we're going to have to New York City. And that is at the Count Basie Theater, a wonderful theater, great reputation. That show's doing very well. But, of course, it's not sold out yet, so let's get it there. Come see us. It's close to a lot of places in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Count Basie. It's Count Basie Theater, with an R-E, dot org is the website. They're not on Ticketmaster either. You can pick your seat, too, at their site, which is kind of cool. And then we head over to Toledo the next day for a party, which if you're coming in late, you missed. Party with Todd Rundgren people. If you went to the Todd Stock party in Muskegon, you know that we throw a damn good party that you don't want to miss. So we don't have an excuse for it yet, 
as far as like a uh, something to rally behind, but it will most likely be a CD release party. When was the last time, if there was one, where Todd had an official CD release party? I don't know. It's going to be in Toledo, of all places. How about that? Mm-hmm. Toledo, Ohio. Yep. And then we actually will take a break probably, go to Columbus, sleep it off, maybe go out to eat, do whatever you want, and then we'll have the final gig on a Friday night in Columbus at the Southern Theater. It is on Ticketmaster.com. It is also a small theater, 925 capacity. It's selling very well, and we appreciate that. So don't delay on that one either because there's not that many seats. So snooze you lose on that as well. But I would say the priority right now, as much as I hate to say it, is Boston Party if you want to go because 225 is not a lot considering we have hundreds of tickets sold already. So once word gets out, those are going to go fast, and they're only 15 bucks. Right. So How buy your that? tickets. Get them now. Get them now. Seriously. Yep. We'll talk about the Psycho Dots, too, on another day. We'll let you know more about them, the opening act for Toledo. But I think you're going to like them. And if you don't, that's fine. People in Ohio will, and they will come to the show. And they'll get introduced to Todd Rungren if they don't know about him already. All right, here we go. We have Mr. Klingman. The Moogie himself is on the line already. Moogie, what's happening? What do you say, my friend? How's it going there at Rungren Radio? <laughs> Rungren Radio is doing great because we've got a fun show tonight. We're going to let everybody call in and say hello to you. They're dying to speak to you. We've got uh-huh. tons of calls already waiting. Yeah, we want oh, to know how you're doing out here in California. I'm, I'm, I'm in the program here. I'm doing the alternate uh, alternate medical solution, trying to cleanse the body out, eating raw, raw veggies and uh, doing other things like, um, what else, uh, you know, uh, prayer sessions and yoga and colonics and, and, and wheatgrass and all kinds of stuff just to cleanse the body out. And uh, they even have a grand piano, and I'm playing for some of the other people here, which is nice. Ah, there you go. Well, music's always healing for you. Okay, well, let's get this party started. we got caller 618. You're with us. Hi, this is uh, Bob from St. Louis, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. My wife and I were fortunate enough to be at the Utopia Reunion in New York City and wondered what uh, you were feeling from the incredible spiritual love vibe coming from the audience at that magical event, and God bless you. Well, I think you hit it right, the nail on the head, that it was a magical event, and the love vibe was there uh, incredibly. It was just everywhere we could feel it. First, there was incredible love amongst the band that after 35 years, these musicians came back together, and and they did it for me, uh, Ralph Shuckett, dropped whatever he was doing and flew out from California. Todd Rundgren uh, dropped whatever he was doing and flew out from, from Hawaii. Um, and uh, John Siegler and Kevin Elman. Uh, Elman has a day job. He oversees uh, 25 employees at an investment banking company, uh, investment company, and uh, he just stopped going to work for two weeks to, to rehearse with me every day and practice. Uh, John Siegler... Uh, we united our friendship. These are people I hadn't seen in, in 30 years, 25 years. And um, I was just absolutely floored and amazed that the band 
remembered me, remembered me well, remembered me with positive feelings, and they just all made a decision that they were going to come together for me and, and put this concert on to raise money for me to, to deal with my disease. Um, and, and so the, the feeling amongst the band was incredible love and admiration for each other. Uh, once we, we got in the room with the audiences and we realized that it was the same thing coming from the audience, that I could feel and they could feel the incredible love from the audience, that the whole thing became a gigantic being of love and caring between band and audience, unlike really any other concert I've ever played at or attended, where we were all carried away on this on this energy vibe, this love vibe. And I think you can sense it on the pay-per-view that's on the Internet now. You can see it. Like, I wasn't really sure if it went down the way I felt it went down, but then back seeing it... Uh, what Chris Anderson did with uh, this, this this video crew doing the whole concert was incredible. So the first thing I want to do is thank everybody who came to the concert. Both concerts, they were sold out instantly. I'm sorry there aren't any more. Uh, but um, I want to thank all of you because the, the audience was of one mind. They all seemed to know that they were there not only to support the reunion of Utopia, but to support me in my battle with this incredible illness. And uh, it means a lot to me. I just want to say uh, thank you. Thank you to all the, the Rundgren Utopia people that flew from around the world. People came in from Europe. People came in from Japan. They came in from California. They came in from Texas and Chicago and Florida. They came in from Boston and Philadelphia. They just—they came in from everywhere, and it was—it was quickly appreciated, and I will not forget it. Thank you. Excellent, great call. We appreciate you calling in, saying hello to Moogie Moogie. That's a really good description of how that night went. Four two three, you're with us. Moogie, 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 man. <laughs> We love you, brother. You remember Who that? Hello. Hey. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. Talking to Moogie. Hey, Moogie. Who am I talking to? This is Third Eye Rick. Mott painted an eye on my head that night. They made me a celebrity. And uh, uh, you were at the show. Do what? I think I remember you. Well, Mott said you, sh- you saw a picture of me, I think. I didn't get to see you that night. But, man, we love you. I saw my sister, My sister is a survivor, and you're going to make it, brother. We love you. I appreciate you putting out like you did that night and the whole band, everybody coming together. And uh, we just love you, man. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me. It's very important to have this kind of support. It gives me strength uh, to fight for my life, which I'm doing every day. And the music is the most healing thing that I can do. And and I was healed by the two nights, and I think we healed the audience. We healed the band. I think everyone got saved. Everyone got to, to, to touch 
a little bit of something eternal that's out there. You want to call it heaven? You want to call it Shangri-La? You want to call it utopia? We we found that place on those two nights. Very nice. Thanks, Rick. Appreciate it. 386, you're with us. Hello, Mel. Hello, Doug. And especially hello, Mr. Klingman, Moogie. This is Keith, the young man that did the interview with you back in 74, gave you the CD. <laughs> wow. I want I wanted to say uh, thank you. And on Sunday night, sitting in front of you, or standing in front of you, watching your magical fingers tinkle those keys was probably one of the most enjoyable nights of my life that I know I sent my vibes to you, and I certainly felt your vibes coming back out to me, and it was a phenomena. I have one simple question. Are there any uh, unreleased recordings that you did with the, the Utopia Band back in the 70s, or you said last uh, last time you were on Rungle Radio that there were discussions about possible other Utopia Ventures, is there a consideration of recording some new material? Well, there is a lot of unreleased material. Every concert Utopia did, I'm talking about uh, Utopia Mark II, the one with the band that was playing about 10 days ago. Uh, there was somebody at a sound booth or somebody in the audience recording them. And over the years, I've been sent a lot of those concerts. Um, there's a whole bootleg network. I, I, I have assembled uh, a CD that hasn't come out. It, it would be a bit of a bootleg of just um, moments of Utopia uh, that, that never made it to release that are mostly live show moments or Todd and I. I played a lot of this stuff on Rundgren Radio. Um, there, there was like the 15-minute the, the or the 12-minute uh, Night in New Orleans Suite, which I had prepared for the second Utopia album, uh, which unfortunately didn't make it to the album, but there is that live recording from Radio City Music Hall of, of its suite of songs, um, and uh, that's on a bootleg somewhere. I might be releasing these on my website, Moogie Music, in the form of just uh, one CD of the best of. Uh, wow. But there's a lot of stuff out there. I do have a CD of Moogie and the Rhythm Kings that just came out that you can order at moogiemusic.com. And that's um, Utopian Dreams. And it's Ralph Shuckett, John Siegler, and myself playing a live radio concert with my band Moogie and the Rhythm Kings. Because Ralph and John played like a year, a year and a half maybe, in a band with me doing my material, and then we started writing some material, and then Ralph started singing some lead, and John started singing. And we had this band, Moogie and the Rhythm Kings, which uh, toured around a little and put out uh, an album, Moogie Klingman album, had a lot of Moogie and the Rhythm Kings, which came out in Europe, is all Moogie and the Rhythm Kings. And as I was doing Moogie 2, we morphed into Utopia. We started... Uh, recording with Todd on Wizard of True Star. I'd been recording with Todd over the years before that, but then I brought the band in on Wizard of True Star, which is essentially Moogie and the Rhythm Kings and Todd Rundgren, and then we did the first Utopia album. So uh, you can get 
Utopian Dreams by Moogie and the Rhythm Kings, which was 1972. This amazing live radio concert. John Seeker just found it in the tapes. We have all these amazing pictures on it. It's a six-page fold-out uh, digipack CD. Um, so if people want to hear the roots of Utopia, uh, you can pick up the uh, Moogie and the Rhythm Kings CD at, only at moogiemusic.com. I think at, at Silver Moon, Toby at Silver Moon, is also selling it, and you could order from him as well. He, he he was gracious enough to invest in the pressing of the CDs, so it would be great if you ordered from Silver Moon and Toby. Um, in terms of the future of, of Utopia, Todd, Ralph, Moogie, John, and Kevin, uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we will gig again, and I'm hoping that the gigs are sooner rather than later as I don't know what later holds in store for me. I don't know um, how long I'm going to be in good health. Hopefully I'll be able to beat this cancer back. But right now I'm in the midst of a big battle with it, and uh, the outlook doesn't look great at this point. Um, uh, So mm, Todd has expressed an interest in trying to fit uh, more Utopia concerts into his schedule. The other guys all are very interested in doing more concerts together. Um, so it's a matter of uh, trying to work it out with with management, booking agencies, time, uh, so that there'll be more Utopia concerts hopefully sooner than later. And, and, and I would like to see a new Utopia album. Uh, I would like to see a total rebirth of the band while I'm still alive to, to be part of it and healthy to be part of it. Um, there's some talk uh, to maybe to do gigs in the fall or in the late summer, but uh, I would rather see them in the late spring or in the spring and early summer as I know that I'm healthy now. I mean, I'm not healthy, but I'm in good enough health where I could still go out there and gig. I could take planes. I took a plane here to San Diego from New York. It was a tough flight, but I made it. Um, so I think the best way to get some more Utopia gigs is to ask for them, is to is to let TR know how much you love Utopia and, and want more shows and uh, let him know, let uh, Doug know. Uh, to just let the word out that, that we want more Utopia concerts and, and maybe they'll happen, you know. So, the road uh, to Utopia. Right, yeah. I don't know. Uh, uh, they're, they're talking about sometime in the more distant future, which maybe I'll be here for. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to be here. Um, but the more immediate future would be good. We we spent a lot of time learning all the material. And yeah. um, now we all know it. If, if we, you know, postpone the concerts another six or eight months, uh, well, we still remember it again, you know. So, so I mean, we're, we're pretty fresh on it. I think the the Rundgren heads are pretty hyped, and, and I would like to see more concerts happening sooner than later. But, again, uh, it's trying to work it out with uh, Todd and uh, his management people. And uh, yeah, we know we have a friend in Doug. Uh, yeah. We have a friend in Doug on Rundgren Radio. Um, Doug has expressed interest. Doug was invaluable in his help on helping to get the, the BB... Uh, the, uh, the the ballroom concerts <laughs> happen 
uh, he, 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 he's just a good man. And um, so, Iggy, me and if Melinda, we could, if we just keep yeah. asking for him, maybe, yes. Yeah. We would jump all over. If uh, if we can, if everybody's on the same page and wants to do gigs, Doug and Melinda, RunganRadio.com, we'll take them on. Not a problem. Not a wow. problem. Wow, I like to do that. that. I like hearing it. has got to get it. Uh, yeah, he's got, you know, Todd's got a busy schedule. It's an unfortunate thing right now with these productions and other things. But, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. If somebody can do it, it's you, Moogie. You pulled it off the first time. Hopefully you can pull it off again. We'd love to have it happen. But uh, we got a call now from 847. Thanks, Keith, for calling in. 847. Let me hear it. Come on now. You waited, Chicago person. Is that me? That's you. Hey, Doug. How are you? Hi, Mel. Hey. Hi. Hi, Moogie. This is Susie from Chicago. Hey. How are you? Susie. Susie, hi. I came to the show. It was awesome. Just what everybody is saying. It just blew me away. The energy, the way it was all put together. I mean, it was a beautiful thing. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you were there. Here's a question I have. I have a question for you. What did your son think about all this? Because he's probably used to you just being dad, and then he got to see you being the rock god. So what did he think of all this? Well, well, this is interesting that you should ask. My son is about to be 10 years old on St. Patrick's Day. And uh, getting him to be into music has been a struggle. He just... Hasn't been that interested. Occasionally, he 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 gets an interest in music, but then he he moves away from it back to video games or something. Uh, what happened after the concert, which he which he attended, and and he got to see the fans after the show. He posed for pictures with me for a lot of the fans, and he got to see the adulation, and he got to hear fans screaming "Moogie, Moogie, Moogie." Mm-hmm. Um, an amazing thing happened. An incredible thing happened. He sat down at the grand piano in my house and he started playing it. I swear to God. He started playing it. He opened up my beginner book, which I used to teach students, and he looked up and he started figuring it out. And he's now playing the first six pages of the beginner book by himself. I haven't really been around much uh, since he got into piano. Um oh. In, in the last week, and now he's just playing all the time, and he wants to be a piano player now. So, wow, so that, this, is, this is what happened to my son from coming to the concert, is that he's now playing the piano. He sounds great. I, I did a concert with my son last June, uh, which we just walked into at his school, PS87. They had a big rock concert raising funds for the school, and they did mostly students. Uh, doing songs, but occasionally they did the parents of the students, and I was in the house band backing up the students, and I got my son to come and uh, sing, and he did Yellow Submarine, and he did a letter-perfect, completely in-tune version of Yellow Submarine. So he's a great lead singer. He learned it from the Beatles rock band uh, game. He just learned all the Beatles songs, how to sing them, and, and we did that concert last summer, where he sang and I played piano. Uh, I believe it's on YouTube. I'm not positive, though. Uh, but uh, he it's been a struggle to get him to stay in the music until this concert where he turned around and now he's playing the piano every day, which I consider a miracle from God that now my son wow. has decided to become. And he sounds great. He, he taught himself these pieces. He figured out how to read the notes. And it's just, it's just amazing. And, it, and it's... 
It's a sign from God, just like the whole the whole event has a mystical thing to it. It's just uh, um, it's, it was a bit of a miracle. These things don't happen. Bands from 35 years ago don't come back together and do these kind of this kind of complex material, and then they don't have the audience waiting to, to sell out their concerts. So, so it was it was miraculous that we, I was able to put this thing together. Uh, and, and miraculous that everyone got on board from the original band and was still alive and still in good enough health to do it. And it was miraculous that, that there was this audience that came out and drove and sold out these shows in 24 hours each. Uh, so so the, the whole thing is a bit of a miracle. And my son playing the piano again uh, for the first time now is, is also, you know, just just a miraculous thing, a utopian thing, a sign from God, you know, what can I say? Good stuff. Yeah, it was great. All it's right, also been good. great with my wife who came to both shows. Uh ah. and 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 you know, she married me eleven years ago, far past my peak years in rock and roll. Um, and and she got to see this and she got to see me up there. It it, it blew her mind in a big way. And uh She's just been great about it. So, so yes, it has it has made things much better for me and my family. They're dealing with with, with my disease and the depression of, of what I'm going through, but they're also dealing with this miracle of these concerts and in seeing where I've been and where I might be going if I can just survive, if I can just live. Well, the good thing too. The, uh, I'm sorry. The good thing is too that they were able to help you get to this alternative treatment that you're doing now the alternative treatment thing is 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 a line i'm pursuing more and more because um the medical establishment doesn't really give me that much hope more they're they're more interested in predicting dates by which i'll be dead by than they're interested in telling me how i might beat this disease back um so uh the medical establishment and what it's done with, with, I've had a series of operations and chemos, uh, which have been a struggle. They've been tough. Um, hasn't hasn't really given me the hope that I can survive this in in the long term or much in the short term either. It's it's alternative medicine and in things like religion and God and miracles like Utopia and the and the Todd fans and Todd himself, who who just rose rose up for this thing. He just he just stood tall. And when we hadn't talked in thirty years, things uh when when things went bad for Todd and I, uh it wasn't good. It involved money, it involved lawyers and uh hurt feelings. And uh, I took a huge gamble. Meeting Doug at the Iridium in the beginning of January and going to see Todd and going backstage and shaking his hand. I didn't know if he would greet me with open arms or if he would just look at me and maybe insult me or tell me to leave. Well, he greeted me with love and open arms. And it amazed me and it thrilled me. And uh, I can't speak highly enough of him and how he's helped me with the benefits and with the shows. He's been a miracle maker himself. 
Man, you're going to make me cry, Moogie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks, well, Susie, for calling. Great question. Thanks. You got something okay, else? I'll drop off. I'm sure you have somebody else to talk to. Thank you again, though, Moogie. Hang in there, okay? Thank you. Thank you for coming to the you. show. Okay, thank love you. I loved it. Okay. Very good. Susie, it has to be. Good call. All right, we've got a lot of more folks who want to talk to you, Moogie. We're going to go to 252. You're with us. Moogie. Good evening, sir. This is Alan Cannon from North Carolina. Mel, I came in to see the show on both nights, Saturday and Sunday. Wow. And thank I just want to so thank you. For, I want to thank you for being there. Thank you. And thank you for helping to cover me here at the uh the Alternative Health Treatment Center in California. I I appreciate it. And, well, it's and, and definitely I'm my pleasure. So I've been waiting for a long time to see you. Waited for 35-plus years to see that band with you, and it was a chance of lifetime, and I was glad to be there. Bittersweet as it was, I want to thank you for being there, and I'll never forget it. Well, it was definitely the concert of a lifetime, the love, the vibes in the air. At certain points, we seemed to be rising above the audience, and into the clouds and just looking down through the clouds at the earth below that's how high the music made us that's how high the audience made us feel and uh, it was just uh, a feeling of uh, one for all and all for one and uh, one love through the audience through the band thank you for coming Yeah, that's definitely the feeling that I got and it's hard to you know, it's hard for me to contain myself when I'm like that. I was in the front row, and, you know, there you guys were playing. And I've been a drummer for, oh, God, since I was like nine years old. And I can remember the very first time that I decided I wanted to be a drummer. And I was wondering if there was a moment with you that made you want to play keyboards. There is. Um, the moment happened when I was watching TV and I was 12 years old and I saw a movie on television called Rhapsody in Blue. Uh, It was the life story of George Gershwin and the big climactic scene in the movie was him doing the full Rhapsody in Blue in Carnegie Hall. Um, And it was spectacularly shot, just the way they did it, the way they shot it, and the music itself. And, And after I saw that movie, I decided... I wanted to learn to play the piano. I wanted to learn to play the Rhapsody in Blue, and I wanted to be a piano composer like George Gershwin. And the very next day, I started playing the piano. I guess kind of like my son after my concert. Uh, the next day, I, I we had had a piano in the house, but they were encouraging my brother to learn to play it, who had no interest. And they were they had given me guitar lessons, which I had very little interest in. Um, so after I saw that movie at age 12, I started playing the piano the next day. And I started taking lessons. And in six months, I could play a very simplified version of Rhapsody and Blue. Um, nice. There's even other stories that go along with that. Um, that's the story of... Uh, I wrote... I wrote Gershwin a fan letter, and he was George Gershwin's brother. George had already been dead many a year by that time, uh, 1969, I believe, well, earlier, 1960, 
from 12, I don't know, 61, 62. Um, in any case, I wrote Ira Gershwin a fan letter. I was living in Great Neck, Long Island. And he wrote me back with an autographed piece of sheet music that he autographed. And he sent me a canceled check signed by George Gershwin. Uh, which had Gershwin's signature and his name and address on the side of the check. Now, I was living in Great Nick. I had been living there most of my life at age 12. Uh, by age 15 or age 16, um, I kind of ran into some problems at Great Nick South Senior High School when I did a concert with my band and a riot broke out. The vice principal had it in for me, and I wanted to move to the city, get away from... Uh, Great Nick, and I did move to the city, and I went to a, a special private school there, and I lived with my father, who was very tough to live with. My parents had been divorced, and I, I got into uh, drugs, and I got into the, the wrong crowd, and um, my father would be screaming at me a lot and making my life kind of hell, and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I had stopped playing the piano and really stopped music for, for a little while. So I went to this box of old souvenirs and letters from Great Neck, and I opened the box, and I found the letter from Ira Gershwin, and I found the canceled check signed by George Gershwin. The letter was addressed to Mark Klingman, Moogie Klingman, in Great Neck, but I, at age 16, had moved into New York City with my father at 33 Riverside Drive. Then I looked down on the canceled check signed by George Gershwin, and I saw the address on the check. The address was George Gershwin, 33 Riverside Drive. I had moved into the building that George Gershwin had lived in when he wrote this check. I was living in the same building he had lived in, where he wrote some of his most spectacular musical pieces. It turns out I did a little investigating, and he and Ira had the penthouse apartments in the building uh, for about uh, seven years. And, and, and now there's a plaque in front of that building, but there wasn't when I lived there. So talk about miracles. The fact that I had moved into George Gershwin's building, the same building that he lived in when he wrote the check that his brother Ira Gershwin sent me. Well, it woke me up. I saw it as a sign from God. And I started playing the piano again the next day. And then I had a little band, and we were organized, and we needed a bass player. And I went down to the village to hear a bass player that was playing in the band at the Cafe Wa. And the bass player, they were called the Raves, and he was good. And he said, listen, you ought to stick around and hear this guy, Jimmy James, and the Blue Flames. I said, Who's? he said, you got to hear this guy. He's amazing. He plays guitar. So I stuck around. And I heard Jimmy James and the Blue Flames. And Jimmy James was Jimi Hendrix. And he and the Blue Flames were doing a set of music that he was to do in Monterey 12 months later. This oh, was like uh, June, maybe, of, of 66 or something, uh, 65. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. And, and so I ended up being in Jimmy Hendrix's band only a few months after looking at this check from George Gershwin. It's amazing. That's an incredible story. Um, it, it is. It's uh, the story I call, and I'm in the midst of writing it. 
It's called How a Sign from George Gershwin in Heaven Led Me into Jimi Hendrix's Band. So um, <laughs> things moved Can't quickly wait from, from having to leave Great Nick South to, to really getting into some bad, hard times in New York City into finding George Gershwin's check and resuming my musical career and ending up only three months later in Jimi Hendrix's band. It was unbelievable. I went up to Jimi Hendrix and I said, Jimi, uh, I have my harmonica with me. I always kept playing my harmonica. I said, could I sit in with your band? Uh, I also play keyboards. He said, sure, sit in with us. And I did that night, the night I heard him. And, and he said, you sound great. You can join the band. Come down tomorrow night with your organ. And I did. I brought down my Farfisa organ and my harmonicas. And for the next several weeks, I played in the Jimi Hendrix band called Jimmy James and the Blue Flames. Uh, and it was from there that he was discovered by Chas Chandler, who shipped him off to England without the band for him to start the experience. And 12 months later, he was back at Monterey and back to become the biggest star in the world. And he stayed friends. He, he went back to the same Greenwich Village places. And I used to jam with him all the time. I used to get to hang out with him. I mean, Jimmy and I were close. We were friends. And his influence on me was incredible. And, and this was this was about three years before I met Todd Rundgren. At age 19, I think I met Todd. And so I, I was just blessed early in my career to get to hang out and play with some real legends. You certainly have. That is an amazing and, story. Yeah, well, Alan. Is his name Alan? I know a lot of people want to talk to you, so I just want to say thanks again. And uh, keep the faith, and we'll be looking for you. Keep the faith. <laughs> thanks for your call. That, those were some good questions, and we got some good stories out of Moogie because of you. Okay, we're going thanks. to move on now. Uh, we've got an overseas call, so because of the price of those calls, we're going to pick this one up. 441, who's this? It's Mingo. It's Jill here. Jill. I'm not. This isn't costing me anything. I feel like a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Moogie. Mingo, I met you briefly after the first uh, show um, outside, and there's a, lo- a lovely picture, a couple lovely pictures of me and you together. I, I came over from Glasgow. Uh, to see the show, and I'm a a new Utopia fan, only been a fan since about 2008, and uh, I think that was the best show I saw in my life on the 29th, and I really want to thank you for that, because, I mean, man, you played the shit out of those keyboards, (laughs) and uh, it just totally blew me away. I I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that quite in my life, so thank you very, very much, Mookie. Well, thank you, and, and I'm just amazed you flew from another country. You came over from Glasgow? Yep, yep, yep. I'm American, but I, I flew over because some things you just can't can't not see. Um, I did actually have a specific question I wanted to ask you because I was chatting online to some of my uh, uh, fellow utopians, and um, I heard you on some of the other shows where you were mentioning you know, how music is a healer, and I totally believe that 129 percent um you know music has saved me from from lots of bad things sometimes from myself and uh, it's the only thing that really touches my soul so i think if anything is going to heal you it is definitely music is going to be a huge part of it and um and all the love that the music you make um you know brings to you but um it seemed to me that you know you know you've probably heard something about these shows that that todd is doing 
coming up in March again, the Todd and Healing shows. And um, we were thinking, a lot of us, because the healing album that Todd did is is specifically supposed to promote sort of like self-healing. And I, I have the impression that you haven't definitely seen that show. I don't know if you've even heard the album. But we were wondering if, uh, if you know, you were planning on attending uh, maybe the Red Bank, New Jersey show and if somehow, I don't know, if you wanted to go, if we could organize that for you because um, there's a, a whole suite, the healing suite, which is uh, healings part one, two, and three that, I mean, I certainly have uh, listened to that and been deeply moved by it. Becky and I were actually discussing it, Becky, who who did the auction for you. And so I just wondered if that was something you might be interested in, if you're feeling well enough, and if somehow the fans could get you to the show, would you be interested? That wow, Mar- that's, such that's a, March 28th. That's a great thing. In, in, in Red Bank, New Jersey, I know isn't too far from the city, and I would 100% be interested in going. I would love to do it. I would love to be there. I also know the album, and I know the song, The Healer, and Todd fulfilled the lyrics of that song. He he is the healer. He came and he healed uh, by by consenting to do the concert, by doing such a great job, but by um, taking whatever bad times we had had in the far far distant past, which were preceded by years and years and years of good times. Todd and I were best friends, growing up almost from when we were. Uh, 18 and 19, I think, is when I I first met Todd. And he was just a guitar player who never sang lead. He was in a group called The Naz, which he wasn't happy about. And and, and I was in a group called The Glitter House, which I liked, uh, which was uh, on Bob Cruz's label. Bob Cruz was this uh, extremely... Barbarella, Barbarella, I know it. (laughs) Barbarella, my band did the soundtrack to Barbarella with Bob Cruz. Uh, when I was One about I 17 or 18. And um, uh, the, the Glitter House were great, and, and, and Todd and I uh, uh, became fast friends. The Glitter House broke up soon after that, and the Naz broke up, but I did get to visit Todd a few times with Stooky in Great Neck, and uh, we did we did hang out, uh, and Todd was telling me that he was leaving the band, and he was going to go into production, and Albert Grossman was going to be managing him, and he'd want me to play on some of his stuff. So I just couldn't believe it because Albert Grossman managed Bob Dylan. And, and Bob Dylan had made this movie called Don't Look Back, which is one of the great rock documentaries of all time about Dylan going on a tour of England as an acoustic act accompanied by his manager, Albert Grossman. And Albert Grossman was this larger-than-life personality in this movie. And I was a Bob Dylan fanatic, and I had seen this film maybe three or four times. Most, and it had these great scenes with, with Albert Grossman, like yelling at people and, and like showing how managers work, how they get. Yeah, just, and when 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 Todd told me he was going to be managed by Albert Grossman, I, I, I it was just hard to conceive that the lead guitar player from the Naz had something in common with the guy who managed Peter Paul and Mary and uh, um, and uh, Bob Dylan and uh, the band. And uh, sure enough, uh, he started uh, to work for the Grossman organization and do productions, and I was lucky enough to play on a lot of these early productions that Todd produced, and, and we were hanging out a lot. And when Todd started forming his first solo bands, I was in them. I was in a band called Runt with Todd Rundgren and Tony Sales and Hunt Sales. And at this point, 
Todd had had a top 20 single, and we were playing in a club in the village called The Village Gate. Now, it was called We Gotta Get You a Woman, Todd's first hit single, great, great record. And um, I had just thought that because the man had a top 20 single, people would flock to the shows. And they had been, we'd been rehearsing the band, and um, people that uh, were backing Todd at the Grossman organization didn't really like Todd. He, he wore English rock clothes. He played uh, music that was uh, influenced by heavy metal as well as Laura Nero. And, and, and they, I don't think they felt Todd fitting with the Grossman folk rock blues management, managing people like Peter, Paul, and Mary, the band, Dylan, managing people uh, like the James Cotton Blues Band that Todd and I got to produce, uh, managing people like the Paul Butterfield Blues Band which was one of my favorites. So so these were all like kind of roots music, and they were hostile to Todd. Hence, they did not promote the gig. Hence, though we played at the Village Gate for like five nights, nobody showed up. No fans came. It was mostly empty, and Todd and the band and I, it didn't really cut the mustard. You know, uh, Todd was still very scared about singing at the time, and he would let his guitar playing ground out his singing. Hunt Sales, I think, was 14 at the time, and he just bashed so loud on those drums, you know, without really thinking about it. So so the band was really loud, and the vocals were mostly inaudible, and Todd, uh, Albert Grossman shut down the band after one gig, uh, which was an incredible disappointment. But, um, but it sounds like it was maybe the on. best thing for the band, you know, because what, what came out of it is what seems to be so much better. <laughs> right, exactly. What came out of it was, well, let me just say for Tony and Hunt, like they went on to, gr- to great success playing with people like Iggy Stooge and then having David Bowie form a band called Tin Machine with them. And, and Bowie yeah. told them, and I remember the press conference, it was in Rolling Stone, that he would never play his own solo music again. And from now on, he was just a member of Tin Machine. And that's ah, going to be well. the rest of his life. Well, Tin Machine that was, short-lived. was great. I saw them play. But they didn't sell any records, and people didn't want to go see them the way they wanted to see David Bowie. So after the second album kind of zipped, Bowie immediately went back to a Bowie's Greatest Hits tour and, and, and didn't keep his pledge to the Hunt Brothers. But... These guys were good. They had a lot of potential, but maybe it was a little early for for Runt for them uh, because they were both so young. And um, luckily, Todd and I went on to form a few more bands. We had a band called. Well, I gotta say uh, to you, Mookie, I I just wanted to let you know. I mean, I saw the interviews on the on the, the Utopia pay per view, and it really seemed that Todd has you know really only a lot of love and respect for you as well. And that was something at the show. Um, I felt as well, one of the things that, as much as I love the pay-per-view, being down there at the front, seeing you guys together on stage, from the first minute you joined stage, I mean, I was in tears for the first four songs on the first night. I, I was I was hysterical. And it just seemed like you guys seemed to be having so much fun up there. Like, I mean, it's like a bunch of goofballs goofing around, having a good time. And it just seemed like there was so much love between all of you that um, that sort of feeling that was in the audience and on the stage was just such a 
beautiful, beautiful thing. And it made me think, why did it take this long for these people who clearly have so much history and so much love for each other to get back on stage again? I mean, as horrible as, you know, like what you're going through is right now, to, to see that you all got back together and you've been able to share something so special with so many people and bring so much love, I, I just think it's a really a really beautiful thing. And I, I don't want to keep you too long or anything. I know there's a lot of people with questions, but I just wanted to let you know how, how important and how wonderful that, that show is for me. And I'm so glad it's happened. And I really hope there there always is more. And I really hope there is going to be for you guys together again. It, it was an amazing experience that, that it all happened. It is, is a miracle, beyond miracles. And it is a tragedy that it had to happen because it's about me getting cancer and them wanting to help me out. Like it, it, we've taken a gigantic lemon that I've down with uh, a late stage of this disease, and we've turned it into lemonade. We made it into something really good, and and it just makes me proud, and and it and it gives me faith to fight on every day to live, um, and and if fact of what I was trying to get at is that Todd and I were so close. We were best friends and comrades for about six or seven years uh, from 69 to 75 and again back in 78 when we did Back to the Bars. Uh, we were we were, we were just we were pals. We were buddies and I got to see him go from a guitar player who had never sung any lead and who started to sing lead in bands like Runt and some other groups we had, who was very shy about it, I got to see him morph into the Elvis Presley of the 70s, which is what he said, and it's a good phrase, because when he got on stage with Utopia, we we had both been on tours with our own bands. I couldn't go with the first Utopia because um, I was touring with Moogie and the Rhythm Kings, with Ralph and with John, my band promoting my solo album, on Capitol, and Todd was doing the first Utopia tour with uh, Hunt and Tony Sales and a piano player named David Mason, um, and we were not doing well. Boogie and the Rhythm Kings just had a hard time finding an audience. We'd open up for big stars and people would boo us. Uh, people just wouldn't react to us. Occasionally, we'd find an audience that really understood what we were doing and loved us, like in Ottawa, Kansas. Uh, Ottawa, Canada but by and large it was tough and it was tough out there for Todd with the first Utopia people did not like that band and things did not go well for him with them so Todd and I had come from this background of having groups together in a part that did not, failed to find an audience and if there was a big audience sometimes an incredibly hostile reaction well from the first gig we did with Kevin Ralph Shuckett, John Siegler, and myself, and Todd Rundgren. Uh, starting out as Todd Rundgren shows and morphing into Utopia shows, the audiences were going completely insane. There was nothing but love from those audiences. They were sold-out shows, and Todd just rose up to become almost overnight this incredible frontman. I saw him go from this shy guy who was afraid to sing to this incredible front man and this amazing singer, which he still is today. So it, it was just great to be able to, to watch him morph into the Elvis Presley of the 70s or have uh, Utopia be this band that just had phenomenal audience reactions, sold-out shows, 
three-hour shows, five encores. It was always amazing with Utopia. Still is, Moogie. It was just a couple weekends ago. But, hey, we got a lot of callers. Let me get on to some of those so they don't miss out because they're dying to talk to you. I got uh, 214, which is Dallas, Texas. Yes, we're here in Dallas. Dougie and Millie, this is Becky. Hello. Becky, hello there, Moogie. Do you uh, remember Becky. me from backstage? Oh, Becky, are you the one that did the, the uh, raise the funds? The raffle? <laughs> well, the raffle was done by myself and Julie Feldman. Um, well, a, I, Catholic, a Catholic girl and a Jewish gal, you know, we got together to do a little mitzvah and some fundraising, Catholic style. We did everything but played bingo. And <laughs> we pulled together some items, some of which were still, um, one right now is on eBay that we're auctioning off. It is the last and a one of a kind uh, remaining from the Todd Healer tour. Uh, a watch that's um, currently being raffled off. You can see info on it. So, Moogie, as promised, there's more to come uh, as as wow. we talked about that. And you said earlier tonight a little bit um, about what the doctors have to say about giving you a, a sense of time how much time is on your side, what's to come, what to expect. What I keep thinking about and what I think a lot of us know in our hearts is that time heals. And doctors are not always very good at predicting and telling you how much time there is. The time you have is within you, and you're drawing out that strength and we are helping you build that strength with everything we're doing um, to support you. All you have to do is ask us, and we're here. We're like your family, every one of us. And we will do anything uh, and everything within our, within our abilities, and then some, let's hope, um, to buy you that time, make that time be on your side so that there's more of you that we can all um, take in and breathe in, feel it. We were, we felt like we were elevated the same evening watching you all, and you were so much in the groove. Siegler was in the on the bass. Just everybody was so in sync that it was magical, and. Um, we want to see some more of this. So you can count on us to keep sending you some gifts, uh, monetary gifts to help you out. And um, I also promised I'd be sending you some other things, uh, which will be in the mail to you. I just need to know where to mail it, but I shall email you and, and get those details. There is one very important question not from me, but one that many people have asked me to ask you. How do you want the checks made out to you, and where do they need to go? Well, you can send them to Mark Klingman, M-A-R-K Klingman. That's my real name. Yes. But Moogie is my showbiz name. I've been using it. Actually, it's my nickname from when I was two. Okay. And I just decided to mark it with a name to be in show business with. So at an early point, I did 
change my professional name, uh, my name, to Moogie without actually going through the legal uh, process. So if you want to send them to Mark Klingman at um, 390 West End Avenue. West End? Uh, West, yeah, like north, south, east, west, 390 West End Avenue. Okay. Uh, You have some of this information on your website too, right? Right, apartment 3M, and it's New York, New York, 10024. Okay, great. Now we know because there's some people that have have been wanting to know for days, and I just hadn't dropped you a line, but um, we'll be sure to pass that along. And um, like I said... Also, if if you want to go to my website, you can donate there through PayPal. Oh, good. Um, That's moogiemusic.com. Also, if you want to buy some of the CDs, uh, that would be a great way to to support me because I can get those funds. And, and we're using them to try to keep my family uh, doing okay and, and, and pursuing all avenues of cure, be they uh, medical or alternative, uh, which is what I'm pursuing now. Unfortunately, they don't have computers here, and they don't have a way for me to get online, so I am unable, really, mm. to answer email for the next uh, two weeks, maybe, the next okay. three weeks. I am sorry. Oh. I'm That's not a problem. We will get things in the mail to you and um, keep you posted. And for those of you that are bidding on the watch on eBay, um, I think the, we've got another three and a half or so days to go on that. And so we, I urge you to give bid generously, and I hope the winner will, um, you know, will be thrilled to have it because it is just truly a rare piece. What is the and, watch? Uh, what is this watch? The watch is um, Mark Wooden, who was one of the fellows that was there at the shows uh, with us all over the weekend. He made up some watches to give to the band during the Todd Healer Tour, which commenced in September of, of 2010. And so he had, of course, a few extras left. And um, when we, when Julie and I started sending out emails asking for, you know, the roundup of goods for this raffle, um, he said right away, well, hey, you know, this is the end of the line. This is the last one I've got. And um, so we didn't get around to um, raffling it off. Um, the night of the raffle, but that worked out even better because we're going to, I think, pull in a good amount of money on the eBay auction. So, um, you know, you'll you'll be seeing it, I'm sure, at some point. And, uh, Moogie, thank you so much. It was a pure joy to see you doing what you do. To me, you seemed very childlike. You seem, I could just see that youthfulness within your eyes and in your spirit and all that hope uh, and love. So it was wonderful to see you in, in, in a beautiful form. And even though you've been ill, it really was beautiful to see you. You were healed. And, and, and I just get so healed by the music that I can find myself, as well as others, and able to do something like this, which required a tremendous amount of work on all our parts. And, Becky, I want to say to you that you loom large in my legend. It was it was just touching to see you there and to see that you had written Moogie on your cheek. Uh, 
such a beautiful woman had written my name on her cheek and, and that you did this for me. I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate it. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Beck, for calling in. 978, you're with us. Hi, Doug. Is that you? Is that me? Yes. Hi, Mike B. here. Hey, Mike. Hi, Mike. Uh, Moogie, um, just wanted to say I didn't get a chance to go to New York for the shows, but um, I did watch the webcast, and it was truly, truly a magical show that we got to see, even online. And to watch you pound the keys, it was just fantastic. And I just wanted to express, um, you know, opinion that for a lot of us who couldn't make it to New York for your shows, uh, you're in our thoughts, and healing thoughts are going out your way, and we love you, man. Hey, Mike, thank you for coming, pal. I appreciate that you were there, and it was just, it was a, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time, all of us. You know, uh, as a musician, I've done a lot of gigs over the years, uh, and, and we got treated so well at the Highline Ballroom. They had a great cone cut spread for us. They had all kinds of stuff to drink. And then they let us order our own meals from the menu, and they brought in whatever, the seafood or Italian food. It was just, it, it was very unusual to be treated like such stars, at least for me. And maybe I'm sure Todd's been getting this treatment all these years. But for me, John, Ralph, and Kevin, we get to play a lot of dumpy places where they like to abuse musicians. So this was such a total change that not only was the band and the audience with us, but the whole staff at Highline Ballroom was incredible. And and they were just great, from the, the lights and the sound to um, the food they had backstage for us. It was just, you know, it was just great from beginning to end uh, yeah. on all sides for all really parts. Cool. The lights and sound were really good there, Miggy. It was a, it was a really good place. They, they really were, and and I want to thank Chris Anderson for um, doing such a great job on getting a video crew. We actually the video crew came in like three days before because um, through some kind of uh, mismatch or mistake, it all been canceled. I thought that there was going to be a video crew for a pay per view thing. But it had been canceled, and when I found out, I called Chris three days before the show, and he was able to put it together for me. And it's great. If you go to utopiashow.com, you can see for the next uh, 25 days, hopefully. Have you gotten um, to watch it yourself, Moogie? Oh, yes. I, I really enjoy it. It's great to see to see this thing. It's just, And it's great to see the old Utopia back and doing what it does so well, you know. I mean, there are a lot of the retired musicians on that stage. Uh, um, Kevin Elman had played occasionally with an R&B band on the weekends, but not, 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 I don't think all that much as a musician. Mostly he has a great day job. Uh, Ralph Shuckett uh, has been writing jingles and movie soundtracks and cartoon music you know, for years without playing the piano and doing any live gigs. Uh, and John Siegler was doing mostly the same, which they were working for the Pokemon music empire and creating music for the Pokemon shows and movies, but they weren't playing. They weren't gigging out on their instruments. Uh, and so I really didn't know what it was going to sound like. I didn't know if Kevin was going to be able to pound the drums the way he, he pounded them, or John Siegler would be the bass player I remembered. But everybody, everybody rose up and everybody was amazing. John Siegler especially helped me make sure to do enough rehearsals. He got the rehearsal studios. He helped us get the background singers 
Kevin Hellman, I mean, uh, Daryl Chooks mm-hmm. and, and Curtis King, who are amazing singers, two African-American guys that, that just sing like angels. Um, and, and then, again, let me put a big shout-out to Chasm Sultan, who came in and, and sang with Kaz, with uh, Curtis and with Daryl. And I don't know, he's been with Todd for 30, 40 years. I don't know. He just knows the material. Having him up there was, was amazingly great. And I just want to thank Chasm Sultan for doing the show with us and, and helping uh, make those background singers as great as they were and for doing his song. He's the only Utopia Top 30 single. Uh, uh, set me free. It was it was great to have Chasm on the show with us. Jesse Gress. It was great to have Jesse Gress up there on, on a couple of songs. He's amazing. I've been watching him with Todd and listening to him with Todd for years, and I was just thrilled to have Jesse Gress up there. He's an amazing guitar player. And his wife... Uh, Mary Lou Arnold, his wife, who's been Todd Rundgren's road manager and right hand person for for twenty years. I mean, she's just she's just a wonderful lady. Uh, she's just these people are so sweet and and unassuming and, and 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 they were so nice to me, all of them. Todd's inner circle there of Chasm and Mary Lou and Jesse Dress. I I just you know I, like Mary Lou was so laid back. And, and, and so sweet and unassuming. I couldn't believe that she just took care of business, everything, from beginning to end. She just took care of it so well that I have to say that Todd Rundgren is lucky to have her in his camp because she's amazing. And, and she's a, a great lady. And she met Jesse Gress on the Todd Rundgren gig, and they got married many years back, you know, and they're still a happily married couple. It's a, it's a great, they're a great couple. It's a great marriage. And, uh, Todd is lucky to have them with him, and they're lucky, I guess, to be. You know, it's just a, it's a good situation all all around. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. All right, Mike B. Got anything else? Uh, no, just uh, you know. Once again, thank you, Moogie, and our thoughts are with you. And uh, with some healing thoughts, maybe you can beat that disease. We really hope so. Thanks. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat it. I'm beating it every day. I'm I'm already confounding the doctor's expectations. You know, I'm at, at this this alternative health institute in San Diego, and, and, and they're giving me tremendous support here to try these alternative methods uh, uh, of organic eating, juicing wheatgrass, and, and all kinds of other things that uh, I don't really want to mention on the airwaves. They're, they're a little, uh, you know, well, I can just say it. You know, they're having to do with colonics and enemas and things like that, uh, mm-hmm. dealing with things like wheatgrass. In, in a lot of prayer and healing circles, and I think it works. I've met a lot of people here that were given death sentences by doctors for cancer, and, and they beat back the cancer. I've met them. I've shook their hands. Um, so so it, it can work, and uh, I'm hoping it's going to work in my case. Um, and I just want to stick around long enough to see what happens next and to do some more gigs of Utopia and to watch my son grow up and to be here on Rundgren Radio talking to all these great, <laughs> playing the amazing fans. <laughs> awesome. All right, so uh, thanks for the call, Mike. You've got 512. You're with us. You're talking to Moogie Klingman. Come on, 512. Let's hear it. All right, maybe not. Come on, Austin, Texas. Speak up. Hello. There it Hello. is. Hello. Oh, hey, hey, how you doing? It's Mott. Oh. How you doing, Mr. Moogie? Mott. Hey. Who is it? 
I just enjoyed that so much. It was just, I, you know, it's going to sound corny, life-changing. I told you when I met you Friday at your Peaceniks gig, and I'm going to tell you again, y'all's music got me through my childhood, although I don't think I'll ever grow up. Um, it really did change my life. It wanted me to become an artist and to be able to see you guys play again, was it 37 years later? I was like, holy crap, you sounded so tight like it was yesterday. I was so amazed how supremely tight you guys were, and everybody just blew chunks. It was astounding. And I couldn't take my hands, my, my eyes off your hands. I was watching your hands Friday at the Peaceniks. Your fingers were flying, and, and you were just tearing it up Saturday and Sunday. And It was just really hard not to watch your hands. You were astounding, just astounding. I was so thrilled to see you again after all these years and finally meet you and finally hug you. And your name is? Mott. I'm Mott. Mott. I met I you Mott. Friday. Yeah. I had the green hair. I'm kind of hard to miss. Yeah, Mott had the colored hair and painted everybody's face and stuff. Yeah, the the third eye for Rick yeah, and his face. Yeah. And That's I really, amazing. really enjoyed you, seeing you guys. You were just so you phenomenal. Came out I was to the appropriate shows. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw your Peace Nick show too. Okay. But it was so really amazing. I'm thank you. Well, hey, I really it was an honor to meet you and to hug you. And I'm I totally agree with Jill and everybody. Um, she beat me to it, but we all think you should go see the Healing Show. I'm sure it's okay, you guys. If I speak for you. Um, Really, go see the healing show. It was so phenomenal. Grown men were crying. Um, people who didn't think they wanted to see Healer were just just astounded. I call it Deepak Shoprock on acid. <laughs> it's wow. it pretty I cool, man, and I think it, it will do you no harm. I, I highly recommend that you go, Moogie. So we well, will I don't think it'll there. Yes, I don't think it will do me any harm to go see the healing show, and I like the title of the show. And I like the title of the album. I like this song. And you, you and, know all the titles, so feels, you can sing along like the rest of us fools do. So we know you know the words. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I and I did do the the Todd album. Uh, I know that's what I'm album. saying. So you, you you really should go for a myriad of reasons, but I, I think it will actually make you feel better. It it made a lot of people feel better that didn't even know they needed healing. And the show back to New York City. Oh my God. You didn't even have to say it. I was feeling the healing vibes that you were kind enough to send back to us when you're supposed to be absorbing all our energy. I really felt it. The audience, again, here's a bunch of old farts dancing their asses off to stuff they haven't seen since they were in high school, crying and boogieing at the same time. It was quite a hysterical sight. Um, I would love to have seen what it looked like from your vantage point, but we definitely felt the love. It was just amazing, honey. Just amazing. Well, I was sending it out there, and I was receiving it, and it, it was great that you came out, that you even came to see my band, The Peacenicks. I'm going to do a little shout-out to The Peacenicks. Uh, you know, some really incredible things have happened in my life in recent years, such as me having uh, a son, the first child. That He's I, a cutie, I, I by the way. What a cutie pie. And, and, and he, he's the, the prize of my life and, and, and my wife. And uh, luckily, uh, my friend Barry Gruber, uh, who came on stage with Patty Rothberg for the last song, You Gotta Have Friends, and, and, and sang it with me, uh, they're the singers with me in the group The Peacenicks. 
which I put together with Barry about two years ago, and it's, it's a rock band dedicated to peace, dedicated to the fact that war is not the answer, you know. And uh, all our songs are about peace, different different approaches to it. They're not the same song. They're all different. We've, we've made two albums. We're lucky enough to have the backing of a record label that, that helps us out financially, and a lot of bands independently can't say that. Uh, we just put out our second album on Band Together Records, uh, uh, the, the Peaceniks, uh, New World Rising, New World Coming, and um, it just came out. We recorded it this summer. Uh, I wrote or co-wrote all the songs on the album, and we sing them all, switching off leads in three-part harmony. Uh, it's, it's it's an amazing record, and uh, if you people are interested, it's at my website, moogiemusic.com, the Peaceniks New World Coming. Definitely. And well, check it, it out, man. I, I got to say, the piece amazing Friday. And for me to be able to see you play Dust in the Wind Friday and then see you play Dust in the Wind with the band was just oh, one of my favorite songs. It just brought me to my knees. It was uh, beautiful. It was all it was all so beautiful. And, you know, cost be damned, we're, we're all starving artists. Well, I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of us couldn't even afford to go, but there was no way in hell we were going to miss it, and we wanted to support you. And we will continue to support you. So just know, you know, you do have an extra family that you didn't even ask for. We're here for you. And we really want you to know that if you ever need to talk to somebody. You only got, I don't know, 5,200 people who are willing to listen. <laughs> so just well, want you to know that we love great. you. And I know there's lots of people waiting in line to talk. And I, I don't know what to tell you except for I was just astounded uh how tight you guys were it was just like going back to 1974 and it was really beautiful beautiful thing i couldn't put it into words if i had to but thank you moogie well thank you Mont. thank you for coming to the shows and for describing them so well it was a total joy total joy honey i look forward to seeing you again <laughs> y'all talk over each other more than anybody ever seen all right moogie go ahead i'm on meter so you can say something sorry Mont. Love you, Nadia. Uh, well, I'm saying the more that I'm listening to the fans call in and describe the experience, the more I'm realizing that they had the same experience as I did, which was the, the incredible love and, and the energy and the feeling of those nights. And, and I'm just, I'm just amazed that, that that they felt what the band felt, that they were able to connect with us at that kind of level. It's just great. Awesome. All right, we got more fans that want to keep telling you and describing the concert. We got five six one. You're with us. Hey everybody, it's Julie from South Florida. Hey Julie. Hey Mookie. Hi, Hi sweetheart. You know I'm just not going to repeat it because it's been said so eloquently. I'm the other half of the um, of the uh, how do you call it raffle. I'm I'm the short Jewish woman who's originally from Queens. <laughs> And it was a blessing to be able to be part of that raffle and just doing it with the love that it was just such an outpicturing on everybody's part. Um, the Peaceniks gig on Friday was stupendous. I loved hanging out with you and listening to that. And, you know, talk about 1974, which is when it all started for me. It, 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 there's no words. There's just absolutely no words. The... the uh, the feeling that we are all talking about this collective, you know, ascension and this this passing back and forth of this huge, you know, out-of-bounds love thing that we have for you 
and the rest of the band. I mean, there are no words. It was so incredible. I was right up front. As a matter of fact, I was right by you, and I was just digging it so much that I was, like Mott said, I think, you know, crying and dancing and shaking and, and everything all at once. And it was just it was just so tremendous. I I can't tell you how much it um impacted me and if I had four hundred teeth that wouldn't be enough to express the smile and how big it was from the inside out. And I'm a huge believer in alternative medicine. I work in the alternative medicine field and power to you because I think it's awesome what you're doing and I know there's a boatload of people that want to get on. I just Wanted to tell you again how much I love you and how much this meant to me. Wow, you just you say it eloquently, and, and the emotion you put into it, I'm 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 floored. I'm floored by all this. It, it, I'm just hearing it from everyone tonight, and it's just amazing. You know, the, uh, the, the love that came together at these beings, really. You know, it reminds me of a '60s being. Where everyone's feeling the love, and mm-hmm. I'm so happy to work in alternative medicine. I believe in it. Uh, I believe that I'm going to. I can beat this thing back. And if I can't, if I can't believe it back, then I'm going to tell you folks that I'm going to die happy because this has brought me incredible happiness that I can make this thing happen, that we can make this thing happen, and it has happened at this point. It's just you know, it's just a fulfillment of a dream. And that everyone is still out there. There's so many people out there that remember me and remember Utopia, uh, and that came out, and it's, it's just incredibly moving. So whatever happens, this is the just one victory that we've heard sung about. This victory that we had at this concert, making it happen, uh, it's just it's just incredible. Hold that line, baby. Hold that line. Get up. Boys, and give it one more try. We may be losing now, but we can't stop trying to hold that line. Give me just one victory, and we're on our way. Well, this is that victory. And, and whatever happens to me now, this, this, this these concerts, these moments uh, are just going to bring me happiness wherever I end up, if I end up on this planet Earth or in the utopia beyond, you know. That's beautiful. That's really, really beautiful. And I just before parting, I just want to say to you that I absolutely love your stories. They are tremendous, and I'm so glad that I was able to be a part of hearing them, and I thank you for sharing that. They're just beautiful, as are you. And kisses, kisses, and I know the next person's online, so mwah, mwah, mwah. Bye, sweetheart. <laughs> thank you, darling. Thank you so Thanks much. Thanks for calling in, Julie. Very nice. Florida. Got to love Florida. 989, you're with us. Talking to Moogie Klingman on RunganRadio.com. This uh, this 989? Yes, This is Moogie? Yep. Hey, how you doing? Hey, Moog. I I just wanted to thank you. Uh, As everybody has has said, my name is Norm. Uh, I'm from Detroit. Uh, I'm speaking from Gaylord. I'm about four miles, four hours, actually, north of Detroit now. (laughs) to get out of the city <laughs> it's a little rough but uh i saw you guys i haven't seen you in a long time and i want to see you so bad it's it's difficult to get where you guys are playing 
um, you know, to New York or whatever. Uh, but uh, I'm going to try to get to one of your shows. But I saw you like in the '70s, and I mean, I've seen some of the some of the biggest bands. There was Zeppelin. There was you know the Humble Pie. There was all these these great bands at the time. And I went to Pine Knob Theater. Uh, I don't know if you can remember playing where Utopia came out with the album Another Live. And when you guys came out and you guys did Freak Parade Mm -hmm. and the city in my head, it just blew me away. And I've been a Utopia fan ever since. My walls are covered. My walls are covered with albums and signatures and everything to do with Utopia. Uh, Anything I can get my hands on. And I just want to say, you know, I heard about your illness and I was just struck. I just was dumbfounded. And uh, you are going to be fine. I I just, I I know you have the strength and I'm, I'm praying for you. And I know everybody else is praying for you. And uh, you have brought, like like you said, how you've touched everybody. You have brought something into my life. I mean, I was living in Detroit, and it's a tough town. And, uh, you know, maybe it was going different ways. Didn't know where my mind was at. I was a young kid at the time. And I went to that show, and uh, the the songs that you guys did, like seeing all these other bands and stuff, you know, they're great, great musicians, this and that. But your songs struck my soul. I mean, they really got into my heart, and I could relate to what you know you guys were singing about. And it 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 makes me almost want to cry <laughs> because <laughs> you guys really saved me, maybe from going a different direction. Uh, you know, where I might not be here today because of the music and stuff that you have brought to us. And your keyboard playing is just unbelievable, man. So you keep going, and I want to catch your show. And I just wanted to thank you for everything that you've ever done and your stories, and especially the one about Jimi Hendrix. Oh, my God. I mean, I was like on the... I was on the phone listening, and I'm going, oh, my God, you know, this is just amazing. And uh, I just want to, I don't want to take up a lot of time, but I just wanted to, you know, let you know that you have really touched a lot of people here. And there's people in Detroit, we love you, man. And and we hope, you know, we're, there's a lot of us that hope. There's all us uh, onion heads here. <laughs> And and we're hoping that you guys will come, maybe a little closer. You know, I know I know Ohio's not that far, but um, we're hoping that maybe you guys can maybe fix something up, or maybe you can get in. Now they call it the DTE Energy Theater. It's an outside theater. I don't know if you remember doing the show, but uh, all you guys were just sensational. And uh, after that, I. I all I did was buy Utopia albums. <laughs> Thirty. I don't know how many albums I had. Todd albums and all that, and it, it just keeps getting bigger. You know, the collection just keeps getting bigger. And uh, the someone mentioned the Healing album. 
and the healing uh, uh, album. And I, I did go, I did manage to go over to the Muskegon thing that Todd had and, and uh, the show that was in Muskegon, Michigan in September of last year, uh, 210. And that healing album is really an extraordinary album. I listen to it at least a couple of times or three times a week uh, completely. And it just puts you, you know, it's such, uh, it just does something to your body. And it, it's terrific music. And, and you guys have really, you know, made a big difference in my life. And I just wanted to thank you, you know, for everything you've done. Very nice. Well, well, I'm glad you made a difference in your life because uh, you guys have sure made a difference in my life I'm talking about right now. And the most unbelievable thing is this is a band that broke up 35 years ago. And, and I'm just amazed at, at how people's recollections seem like it's only yesterday that we were making these records and doing these shows. I mean, 35 years is a long time. And... Uh, Todd did continue on with the next Utopia, which was also great. But uh, that people remember this one and, and, and have come out for it in these phone calls, it just seems like it's a band that, that never broke up. Not that a band you remember from 35 years ago that just regrouped. So uh, I guess we made a big impression on people way back when. Oh, my God. I knew we were good. I just didn't realize that things would be etched into the brains and the skulls of all these Utopia Rundgren heads and um, with each phone call I'm realizing it more and more I think that, people, uh, people think you guys are better now than you were back then even well that? we're like fine wine and <laughs> yeah. we, we definitely mellow with age and yeah. John Siegler oh my god on the bass he never sounded better Kevin Elman oh, yeah. you know I, I didn't know these guys hadn't really gigged out much at all over the years uh and they they were, they were just as good as ever. You know, Kevin Elman was just up there in his stride. And if any of you listeners or callers missed the show or you just want to see it again, that would be utopiashow.com. Chris Anderson, who put the whole thing together. Um, and it's the whole show beginning to end, all two, two hours and 15 minutes of it. Um, after he pays his expenses, he says he's turning over a lot of the money to me. So... Just watching it is going to be helping me, you know, because uh, it is another uh, venue of uh, material resource that I might be able to draw from as I battle this disease. And it looks great there on the Internet. It's all in high definition. And, uh, Fantastic. No check it out if you have that. folks. Yeah, well, hey, Moog, have you, um, I don't know if you got to hear our intro. I can't remember if we played it for you. Have you heard our little one-minute intro with you guys doing a little freak parade yet? I haven't heard it now. Uh, here we go. We're going to check this out. This is from uh, New York. This is the hat of the little freak who's teased and taunted by the big freaks. But once he gets down and dirty with them, well, let's see what happens.
Craig. That's some good stuff, man. Thank you. Thank you. That is good. That's a bootleg. So the quality's better on the VOD, by the way. But uh, I hated clipping that because I won't do the whole deal. But you know, we got to have a quick intro, and it's really, um, man, that was just a great show, and everybody's still digging it, still talking about it. If you don't have this VOD, you're crazy. It is awesome. You get some of Todd's stuff. You get the Utopia stuff. You get the foursome Utopia was set me free. It's got everything. All right, nine seven two, you're with us. Hi, this is Ian here. Can you hear me? Ian Boo, what's happening, man? Hello, Ian. Oh, hello. Thank you, Moogie, for uh, doing this. Um, let's see. I have a, a question, but first I, a, a comment from me. Um, I I grew up in, in, in Vietnam, so by the time I came to this country, you know, I you, you guys had already pretty much broken up. So when I discovered, you know, Todd and Utopia, I never thought, I never thought I would, Ever, ever, you know, be able to see this kind of a, a show, would see you guys play. So to me, um, the shows uh, in New York were just um, like a miracle. Uh, I, I, I just, I, I was left speechless and stunned, and I had no idea what I witnessed really. And uh, and really, thank you so much for 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 uh, you know doing this, and you know, and I just hope that. Um, there will be more, and I think that uh, you know, if if all goes well, there 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 should be more. Um, and and the question I have is, um, dust in the wind, uh, because it's a very special song for me. Um, and I would like to hear a little bit more about how um, you know you came upon this idea, or came upon the song when you wrote it, and that that sort of thing. And I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Okay, well, thank you, Ian. Thank you. Your comments are very succinct and, and, and right on, and, and, and I appreciate the phone call. Um, Dust in the Wind is one of my earliest songs, as is You Gotta Have Friends, the song I wrote that became that Midler's theme song. But Dust, I wrote very early on, and, and you know, the, the really strange thing, it's a song about a guy who's on his deathbed and who's dying and who's remembering his life. And, and, and he's just he's just stating, like, these views of it. And, and he's not a winner. He hasn't really won, you know, in life. He, he's just been another guy out there struggling. And, and when he says, I know my ship won't be coming in, you know, like, people always need hope. And here's a guy on his deathbed, and he doesn't seem to have the hope. I have lied, I have begged, I have cheated, and I know my ship won't be coming in. As I lay me down to take my rest, I see that it's just destined to win. You know, I'm not even sure today what it really means, what what the meaning of this course, or the meaning of, of this song. I know that it's about a person dying, and I wrote it without having anybody in my life who would die who was close to me, not a friend, not a relative. It was kind of written more as as as, a, as an exercise in coming up with a plot for a song and then following it through, where uh, most or in many instances people write personal songs. Well, this song has become incredibly personal to me because I am in the situation of, of the person uh, who the song is about. You know, uh, Tell everyone I am sorry, truly sorry for all the wrongs I've done. I never mer- meant to hurt nobody. I never meant to do no harm. Um 
gosh, those lyrics are extremely meaningful to me. The song has incredible meaning now, and the song seems to have gone on with a life of its own. When Todd Rundgren heard it, uh, and, and he was doing something, anything. This is an album where the songs just flowed out of him. Like, he, he would write the new songs and play them for me, and I said, Todd, like, how are you writing so many songs? And, and we quite said, Mo, I just can't stop. They're flowing out of me. I can't stop this creative deluge, this flood of material that came out of him for that album. And in the midst of it, he said, I really like your song, Dust in the Wind, and I want to record it. And he did. He just really liked the song. And, and the first song on a Todd Rundgren solo album that wasn't written by Todd Rundgren was a Boogie Klingman song on, on, on his probably most successful record, Something Anything. It was just amazing that he did it, and the song continues to have a life of its own. Right now, if you go to YouTube, Guns N' Roses were doing the song uh, live on one of the tours for a while, and uh, there's a million hits, over a million hits, Guns N' Roses doing Dust in the Wind, Axl Rose at the keyboards, singing lead, playing piano, uh, with Flash on the guitar. It's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, and it's got over a million hits. It, I was hoping it was going to be on Chinese Democracy, but it wasn't. Maybe it'll be on the next album. And there's also all these smaller bands on, on YouTube singing Dust in the Wind. Singers doing Dust in the Wind. It's just amazing. The song has definitely got this new second life. And and Todd singing it around with me singing it now, it just has special meaning for me because... Uh, it is. Maybe when I was a young man, when I was 19, when I wrote that song, one of my first. Wow. Uh, maybe I knew one day I would be singing it about myself, which is what I'm doing right now when I do that song live. Very nice. All right, Ian, thanks for the call, buddy. we got another call. We'll talk to Moogie. 419, you're with Moogie Klingman on RungrenRadio.com. Good evening, Moogie. It's Ted from Toledo. How you doing this evening? Hey, Ted from Toledo. How are you? Doing wonderfully. i got to tell you how much you've really moved us all spiritually this evening. And uh, I just had a very quick question. And uh, best hopes for the future. You, you're in our thoughts and prayers constantly. And when we heard you were going to San Diego, we were all, all prayed here locally for you as well as around the world globally. But uh, what is your all-time favorite memory after after the older days when we first started with Utopia, what is your all-time favorite memory? Of of what? Of your, of your musical memory. Any time with Utopia well, or uh, throughout the course of your career? Well, I'm going to have to say my all fa- all-time favorite memory is of the two concerts this past January 29th wow. and 30th. Ah. Uh, those are etched in my brain. That is outstanding. And, and, and I'm not trying to pander to the fans. It's just they were amazing shows, and the support I got was unbelievable. And, and without a doubt, nothing in my life has come close to those two nights. It's just the way it is. Um, outside of that, I have incredible memories of show business and of music. I've been lucky enough to work with a variety of superstars, Um uh, I got to produce a duet with Bob Dylan and Bette Midler, and I got to hang out a lot with Bob Dylan, who was my Jesus Christ. He was my personal God and idol. Uh, And working with Bob Dylan is is an amazing memory. Eric Clapton, I got to produce 
a record with uh, Eric Clapton uh, on sale at my website. Music from Free Creep. And getting to work with Eric Clapton was amazing. Jimi Hendrix, I would say, working with Jimi, playing in that little band with him, hanging out, jamming with him. When, when he would come back for the next several years, before his early demise, we would jam a lot together at the clubs. And those are some of my biggest memories. Um, having Todd Rundgren decide to build a recording studio in my home at my loft, Secret Sound, and then the flood of music that came out of there, uh, including the Bob Dylan, Bette Midler duet of Buckets of Rain. Um, it was it was just amazing. And, and memories of that, memories of Todd producing War Babies with Hall & Oates up at the studio. The Brecker Brothers, their first album, uh, Moogie 2, which the whole band did on spec back then uh, with Todd and, and Ralph and John. And... Um, uh, which uh, they're the favorite, I think I've told you, and, and the others, they they just, uh, you know, they kind of burn a hole in my brain, as I recall my years in the business. Um, that's all I think. I think I've burned out that topic. Though. Well, i got to tell you, you've really meant a lot to all of us over the years, and um, thank you for all you've done. Uh, for me personally, your music has, has moved uh, not only me, my entire family, three generations of our family have been huge fans and it continues today. Thank you so much and uh, we appreciate all you do. Be well, my friend. Hey, Ted. Thank you. Utopian salutations unto you, my friend. Be well. Thank you. Thank you, Ted. What a great movie. Are we wearing you out, buddy? Not at all. No? You still hanging in there? <laughs> I like that. I'm loving this. I'm loving this. You know? Yeah. I keep stuff. waiting for somebody to call up and say, "Hey, Moogie, we hate you guys. You suck it." But no, everyone is everyone is on the same page. It's great. That was the it. worst show I've ever saw. You didn't do "Hello, It's Me." Yeah. There is one. There is one song though that if Rungan Radio does an event with you guys, if, we, if you if you pull off another Utopia reunion, it will be seven a contract. I got to see seven Ray. That's right. It's not. It's on my bucket list. Well, I fought hard to get it in the show. Yeah, uh, we had rehearsed it, and Todd wanted to do it too, and and I fought really hard, but the band felt that it was overwhelmed by all the material, and 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 they just you know certain members just said, look, we got to wait on that, you know, uh, and they laid out a case of we'd rather have a smaller show, be more perfect. It may be uh, uh, adding more material and having it throw us into a sloppy job. Well, I would say I wouldn't mind the sloppy job. I wanted to do seven rates. And uh, <laughs> next show, I promise, seven cool. rates will be on the building. Well, I'm not complaining. I'll just get that right. I, I, I mean, the set list was really good. You guys couldn't have done a better job, I don't think. And, and throwing in, you know, Todd closed, closes a lot of song, uh, shows with just one victory. And then also Sons of 1984, but I don't think they've ever been played together in the same show, and that was really special, and people were really digging it. You know, uh, Todd set up the whole set list. I, we had rehearsed all the material in hopes that Todd would okay everything, which he did. Uh, but the fact that he decided to group all my songs at the beginning, and that he was even willing to do all my material at the beginning, and then he threw in my song, You Gotta Have Friends at the End. Like, you know, those were just amazing moments to me that, that, that he let me 
open and close the show with Moogie songs, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lady Face, which Todd had recorded for the Back to the Bars album, but hadn't come out until more recently on a Japanese release of those of those gigs. Um, Crying in the Sunshine, which was a duet on my first album with Todd. That was amazing. And Dust in the Wind, like to have him do all those songs with me at the top of the show was amazing. And to be able to close with You Gotta Have Friends, uh, especially after those two incredible songs, Sons of 1984 and Just One Victory. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was, it was, it was amazing to me that, that he allowed so much of my material in, in, in this show. Uh, I written Friends very early on and it had become this American standard very early on but I had never done it on stage with Todd he had never played and sung on You Gotta Have Friends so that was a first for me having Todd up there doing You Gotta Have Friends <laughs> well now Moogie how many people came up to you and said I didn't know you did that song anybody uh, I don't know they, 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 they were just too busy thanking me for what a great show it was to say <laughs> I didn't know there. So I mean, yeah. people acted like they knew I wrote it, you know. But I, I wonder, I wonder, because uh, it's <laughs> it's something that's been under the radar. But doing it at the Utopia shows definitely uh, makes it my calling card. Just all my life, every time I say I wrote this song, people generally go, "You liar! That's too famous a song for you to have written." So I just made a decision one day that whenever I did a gig, I was going to do "You Gotta Have Friends." And let the audiences know I wrote the song, which is what I've always done now these past ten years or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and, nice touch. Uh, it was great. Yeah, a nice touch. Uh, yeah, we do it on the new Peace Mix album. We do. You got to yeah. have friends on the new Peace Mix album. The girl has and, a great voice. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was great that Todd allowed me to bring up uh, Patty and Barry and, and do the song at the end of the show. It was not quite an honor. I think. They sounded good. You know, it's. And I'm not BSing you when I tell you this. I've listened to the feedback and the reviews and everything. And despite the fact that Todd has written, you know, probably over 400 songs and is a great songwriter, one of the most popular songs from that show was "Dust in the Wind." People absolutely loved hearing that and thought you guys just nailed it. And that's a song you wrote. How cool is that? It's amazing. It was amazing, and, and it, with Daryl and Curtis and Chasm singing. With the rest of the band singing too, it was just it was just uh, an epic anthem there. Um, it, it just sounded great, and it, it had a call quality to it when we hit that chorus. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just great to do and great to listen to. Good stuff. All right, Moogie, well, believe it or not, myself. we are done. We are out of time. It was a quick two hours, and we appreciate you hanging in with us the whole time. We know you're you're not feeling it the best, but hopefully better at this new place you're at, and uh, hopefully the treatment is successful and that we get to talk to you many more times and get to hear you play music many more times. And I'll uh, have you back on the show soon. I'll second that. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you so much. All the fans that called in tonight, all the fans that came to the shows, all the fans that listened to Rundgren Radio and have followed Todd over the years and kept him out there, you know, because uh, uh, we owe it all to the fans. And um, I want to say uh, to Doug, thank you so much for all the help that you've and support you've given me and that this whole thing really started, this whole germ of an idea really started when Doug started letting me do Rundgren Radio shows. Uh, which definitely upped my visibility among Todd and the fans. And 
when he invited me and made sure I came out to the uh, Iridium show uh, where I was able to meet with Todd for the first time in 30 years and we were able to bury the hatchet and go on to these reunion shows. So thank you, Doug. I hear you, man. You give me too much credit. Thank you, one from Radio. It was you, baby. You are the man. All right, let's do it again. (laughs) I know you did. All right, be be safe, be careful out there. Everybody loves you, we love you, and we'll talk to you again soon. Peace on you, my friend. Hi, everybody. This is Todd Rundgren, and you're listening to RundgrenRadio.com. 